Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Here's the pitch. A swing and a high fly ball. This could be trouble. It's at the wall. And it's a gunner. Sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Snow? What in the world? Now, <laughs> tell me more about this snow. Do you? Do we know enough yet about... I, I grilled Brian Thompson on it this morning. I know you did. He said it's it's more of the can't rule it out variety than sure. the go rush at schnooks variety. Mm-hmm. At this point. I mean, okay. we got to wait for the details to come in as the models work their way toward Thursday. Yeah. But, yeah. Those rushes to Schnooks. You know, I went, I, we had, I'd run an errand last night. Uh, there's a 24 hour Schnooks in Richmond Heights. Mm-hmm. So I made the run there. That is an unbelievably big store. I mean, I cannot believe how enormous that place is. And I don't go there very often, but I went in there to get, uh, we had to get some pet food. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were, it was one of those emergencies where we had to have something for tomorrow morning. So we got some dog food and some kale for our turtles, but that's a whole other story. Anyway, <laughs> I, I was thinking about that, though. I was thinking about the size of this place. You know, what is this place like? That's the one where all the TV stations go, I oh, think. Oh, sure. The Richmond Heights one. Yeah. Like, What is this place like when they first get that hint that snow is on the way? An absolute madhouse. Even a place mm-hmm. that enormous. But, yeah, I can't I wait for they've got the back room stocked. Yeah, that's right. They start it's wheeling it out. <laughs> a tradition unlike any other. When the snow <laughs> starts to come in St. Louis, we people make... We should get make... Jim Nance to announce it. <laughs> Hello, friends. <laughs> the snow is coming. And yeah, just an overhead shot, like a drone shot of Richmond Heights. We'll like, get the orchestra to do some majestic it's, theme. It's yeah. St. Louis once again. It's winter time, uh, and half inch of snow is coming, and <laughs> bread, milk, and eggs are flying off the shelves. I wanted to ask you one more question before we go. And by the way, Michael, we appreciate uh, all that you do on Total Information AM, and you report all of this great stuff about the city and tech and you know, you're you're definitely a mover and shaker in that area. When it comes to sports and the impact that MLS is doing on downtown West, I wanted to hear it from your perspective. What do you envision? What are you hearing among people that are building startups and businesses? We're gonna that's gonna be one of the topics here on sports on a Sunday morning. But for let me hear from the perspective of the tech industry and just the your connections there what are they seeing what mls is doing to downtown well it's going to transform that whole half of downtown downtown west i mean we think you know up to tucker almost a few streets over it's pretty well packed that's where the tall buildings are Mm -hmm. but then you've got that space between that part of downtown and midtown and slough and then cortex and the cwe that's kind of had a little bit of a lag. A lot of creative firms have moved there, but so many of these startup firms and the people themselves, Arch Grants just gave out a million dollars on Friday to lure more of them to St. Louis. And where do they go? They go downtown because they're moving from Chicago or Seattle. So they want to live in that urban area. That's where their company is going to be based. And they're these people who, you know, grind 20 hours a day on the company. So they want to be an elevator right away from the office. And so for them, I think a better downtown, a more bustling downtown, more amenities, more places for them to go to shop and stuff will be 
a better selling point to get these tech companies to move to St. Louis. So I think it'll be fantastic. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I really believe that the more that people start to see this, they realize this is happening. Like this and it's is a district. It's not just a field with seats. Yes, this is a huge sort of rebirth for the city of St. Louis. And the fact that the Taylor family and Jim Cavanaugh have come in aggressively and said, you know what, we're just going to pay the bill. And we're going to take care of this. It is a huge move forward for St. Louis. And, and they just and, decided to own it, too. Yeah. As like, opposed just, to leasing it from the city. Yeah. Let's just, we're going we're gonna to handle this. Is uh, What an, an amazing couple of years this will be to watch it go up. And already, Union Station, the aquarium, the Ferris wheel, all those things that have kind of... You see a hotel rising right across <laughs> from Union Station. You know, what a, what a great step. thing for us and for St. Louis and for all the kids that... Uh, love soccer, but it's so much more than soccer. It's just a, a chance to uh, hand down something to another generation and say, run with it and take it. I, I'm just excited about the future of St. Louis from that standpoint. And I'm, worldwide technology, you can see that they not yes. only have a naming rights deal with the raceway, but they put their technology to use to make the raceway experience better, a race day experience. So I think that that'll be a big part of this new stadium too is WWT is probably going to, with Jim Cavanaugh at the helm, they'll probably plow a whole bunch of new innovation into this. And so we might see some things at this stadium we might not see at any other soccer stadium tech-wise. So that would be cool. I'm with you. I love the fact that from Madison, Illinois to Forest Park, you have sports venue after sports venue right down the heart. You know. Now, the next move will be going north and going south. And how does St. Louis improve in those directions also, especially north? North needs uh, a lot of help, and I think that the fact that it's just a little block or two, but the fact that they moved this expansion of this stadium site just a little bit north. Schlafly loves it. Schlafly loves it. <laughs> Locust. I love what Locust is looking like these days. Uh, and Olive, of course, right where we are. But, you know, that's the other thing is just watching this and just, just hang with it, folks, piece by piece. What we need is everybody's energy all over the region. St. Louis County and beyond the Metro East. I know that everybody's proud of where they're from and, and there's a lot of pride in these neighborhoods, but there is an opportunity here to say, I'm from St. Louis. St. Louis is not just where you're from. It's everywhere and we're all in it together. So I, I'm excited that MLS is, is kind of uniting everybody. I don't know that that's going to be the name of the team necessarily, but mm -hmm. I, I like, mm -hmm. I like what it's doing. Because I think it's Atlanta United, right? Atlanta is but they, United. But, you know, different teams share. There's a lot of Sporting Uniteds. is out there. FC is yeah. out there a few times. That'll be the next thing. I can't wait to see what they name it, the color schemes, all of that stuff, the stadium name. There's a lot of excitement coming. I really you know, appreciate Kevin it. Kevin Colleen asked the architect, so the stadium looks square, right? And there's going to be a new big office for a tech company just down the road with yeah. the St. Louis founder uh -huh. that's called Square. Mm. Is this? Is there some synergy Ooh, here? Is Kevin. there a naming rights deal we don't know about yet? Kevin, always thinking outside the box. By the way, that interview, I'm glad you mentioned, is going to be aired on this show at 1145. So we will have that on the way. Kevin Colleen with the Architects at HOK and Lee Broughton mm -hmm. of the MLS for the Lou Group and um, STL Made. So we will. there's a lot to come here on Sports on a Sunday morning. Michael Calhoun, we appreciate it. We'll hear you at Thanks, 11 o'clock with the news. I'm Tom Ackerman. James O'Sullivan is alongside. And, oh, by the way, the number one team in the Western Conference, who might that be? The Edmonton Oilers. No, there's another team that is tied at the top of the Western Conference. You might remember them. Their name is the St. Louis Blues. They're the defending Stanley Cup champions, and they are hot. Take a listen, Fox Sports Midwest. Yeah, we're going to go back with that original threesome there. Petrangelo, Perron, and O'Reilly. And here comes ROR. He walks in with a move and a shot. He scores! O'Reilly! 
wins it for the Blues. It ends a wild night here in St. Paul. What a shot. You could tell with that first stutter step move. It was clean and crisp. He just came off the bench on a line change. He had fresh legs. Three other units went out there. And just that little maneuver there to give him free himself up as a left-hand shot in the middle of the ice. And boy, is he good at snapping that puck high over the blocker side. Just incredible move right here. Gains his own now to the right. Oh, back to the left. Now he's wide open. And goalies can't read that puck coming off his stick. Watch the way he rolls this over once he gets into the zone. And then right here with the left, great play. What a shot right there. Darren Pang with the description there on Fox Sports Midwest, part of our KMOX hockey analysts and sports team. And John Kelly with the play-by-play as the Blues win it 4-3 to over the Minnesota Wild and improved to 9-3-3 now with 21 points and four straight wins. They have risen to the top of the Western Conference. The man who scored the goal, Ryan O'Reilly, courtesy of Blue Note Productions. Yeah, it definitely was nice to contribute uh, <laughs> tonight. Um, yeah, we just caught him in a break, and obviously a big goal when he did that. It was obviously it wasn't a perfect game by any means. Um, Touchy played very well tonight, and we didn't help him out enough. But obviously a couple good breaks, and we found a way to win. And you know, it's important two points, but obviously a lot of things to uh, you know a lot of adjustments we need to make going forward. Can you take us through the goal? You said you you, you caught him in a change, change. Did you want to just try to push it up when you saw that? When they were uh, well, once uh, once I got the puck there, I saw they're kind of tired, and you can see they're waiting on our change. So I just kind of had a little chance to build some speed and then attack. And then, um, yeah, when he, that's what you're looking for, catching, catching the team flat-footed or catching their three guys flat-footed. And then high side speed was able to kind of get to the inside. And when you're in that spot, it's a, obviously a perfect area to shoot the puck. And it's nice to, to score, obviously. Were you picking a particular spot? or? Uh, you know, just to get to that middle. And that, that was just kind of, I think, the best option for myself, just kind of for the way the puck was loading and the way the movement was. Um, yeah, I just felt that was the most open open shot. I felt, I felt like there was an apparent shift after you guys won that coach's challenge. Did you guys feel that, knowing that the game kept closer than? than yeah, that? oh, absolutely. That was a huge turning point. Um, yeah, obviously a big, uh, you know, you know, call goes our way, and that's that's massive. We needed that, and you could see we kind of started to kind of unfold and kind of frustrated them a bit, and and we got the momentum back and started to build our game a bit better. So it was, you know, it's something we took advantage of, and a huge reason why we won. Is this one of the best trades in St. Louis sports history, getting Ryan O'Reilly? Are you kidding me? This guy is unbelievably good. What a player he is, really. And Ryan O'Reilly scores 227 in overtime. The Blues have won four straight. By the way, this was not easy, as he said. It was not the prettiest game, but the Blues found a way. They needed a third-period goal by Sammy Blay to force overtime. Blay is one of those players trying to pick up for the loss of Vladimir Tarasenko, who's out for five-plus months. Got to add some offense somewhere, and Blay is stepping up and making his presence felt. Mackenzie McEckern scored. Carl Gunnarsson scored. Each scored their first goals of the season uh, in the first period, but the Blues needed that third period goal by Blay to force OT, and then Ryan O'Reilly ends it 227 in overtime. So the Blues are 9-3-3. They have 21 points, again, tied for the top of the Western Conference, and they will take a couple of days before playing again. That'll be on Tuesday night at Vancouver. In fact, the Blues arrived there early this morning. They are in Vancouver already and getting ready. You know who's the best team in the league, though? The best team in the East? The Boston Bruins. Could we be headed for, could we be headed for a little rematch with the Bees? They want a piece of this again. David Posternock had a goal and two assists in their 5-2 victory at Ottawa. The Bruins are 10-1-2. and 
And uh, it was a very scary moment, though, in that game. I don't know if you saw this replay, but Senators forward Scott Sabrin had to be taken from the ice on a stretcher. His head was immobilized after a first-period collision with David Backus, the former Blues captain and Boston forward. Uh, Sabrin had uh, given the crowd a thumbs up, though, as he was taken from the arena, and they did say that as he was taken off the ice, he was talking uh, to those medical workers that were with him. But that was a very scary moment. I mean, that place fell totally silent after the Ottawa forward was hit. But the Bruins do win the game and the final score of 5-2. to two. Some college football to get into, and we have a lot coming up on sports on a Sunday morning. But let me update you on a few things. Illinois is pretty good. Now, they played a team that's not very good, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. But Illinois is now 5-4 and four overall. They're starting to creep into bowl eligibility here with another win, and that's a good win for Lovey Smith just to get another one on the schedule. Look, it's a win for Lovey Smith. Let me not say it's a good win. But this is a, a nice little run here for Illinois after beating the number six team in the country, Wisconsin, and then beating Purdue, a team that's not bad necessarily, uh, not great, but not bad. Illinois takes care of business and beats Rutgers 38-10. to 10. They, they just look good on defense. Overall, I don't care who they're playing. Three defensive takeaways. They had a pick six. They're playing Lovey Smith defense and finally getting something going here. They're five and four, three and three in the Big Ten. Missouri has not looked good. Missouri was off this weekend. Uh, Barry Odom usually joins us on sports on a Sunday morning. He told me this morning that his schedule has changed because of the bye week and they're going to be in some meetings and film sessions. That's totally fine. And so we're going to give him a little breather on the show, and, and he won't be coming on the show this week. Uh, but he, he, they got to work, get to work. I mean, I'm to all for them getting to work today because they have a tough, tough opponent coming up on Saturday, the Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia's really, really good, and they won their game over Florida 24-17. The world's largest cocktail party is what they call it, and eighth-ranked Georgia beat number 6 Florida. And really, Jake Fromm looks tough. Their quarterback picked apart Florida's defense. Missouri's going to have its hands full down in Athens. Threw for 279 yards and two touchdowns. Bulldogs won it from 20 of 30 passing. He had a 52-yard touchdown pass. He looks like he's back on track. And Georgia won its game 24-17. Florida loses for the third time, uh, the second time. And Georgia has lost just one game. Georgia's 7-1. Florida's 7-2. Missouri is 5-3. But here's the thing. If Missouri, this is amazing to even say, but it's true. If Missouri wins the rest of its games, they'll win the SEC East. Isn't that unbelievable? I mean, they've played Vanderbilt and Kentucky and looked bad, and they they are. I mean, they're just not a very good football team right now. But they actually, if they found a way to win at Athens somehow, some way, and then came home and beat Florida, they would, if they finished out their schedule, win the SEC East. But they are far from these two teams. I'm telling you what, that those are some big-time teams that were on the field yesterday, Georgia and Florida. Again, Georgia wins 24-17. Clemson's really good. They won again, 24 straight for them, 59-14 over Wofford. Alabama and LSU had the day off, but they will play each other on Saturday. There's some great games coming up on November 9th. Number nine, Utah won again, beating Washington 33-28. On Auburn, beat Ole Miss. Final was 20-14. to Memphis handed SMU its first loss, 54-48. Notre Dame pulled out a win against Virginia Tech, 21-20. to 
Michigan just clobbered Maryland. Final was 38-7. to Michigan's looking a lot better after their comeback almost at Penn State. Then they whipped Notre Dame. Now they've hammered Maryland. They look like they're back on track. Could they beat Ohio State? I don't know. They're going to have to beat Indiana, by the way, at Indiana. Indiana's pretty good. I'm not just saying it because I'm an alum, but they're 7-2. and two. <laughs> They look pretty good. So Michigan's going to have to go there and uh, get out of there unscathed, and then they go to uh, back home to play Ohio State. That's a quick look at some college football. When we come back, Frank Viverito is going to talk to us about the St. Louis sports scene. He is the president of the St. Louis Sports Commission. We'll have some fun today. We also have Dan O'Neill standing by. We're going to talk some baseball with him. Cardinals offseason. Let's discuss with Dan O'Neill, who has a big Cardinals event this week. Travis Ford, the head coach of the St. Louis Billikens, will be along with us at 11.05. At 11.15, we'll catch up with Mizzou guard Drew Smith. He is probably the star of this team and maybe the star that you haven't heard of, but you will. And Taurus Watson, the St. Louis and Torrance Watson will be with us as well. And then we'll be joined uh, by a couple others from the Blues locker room. And then, as I mentioned, an update on MLS stadium plans. It's all on sports on a Sunday morning. It's 1021. I'm Tom Ackerman, back right after this. Welcome back to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munganass St. Louis Honda on South Limburg on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Frank Viverito, the St. Louis Sports Commission president, is with us. Tom Ackerman back with you on Sports on a Sunday morning at 1025 a.m. Frank, let me apologize by first by saying I think I might have said in the last segment that Rutgers is not very good. I don't think that's a very nice thing to say. <laughs> Probably did it's I say not that? Not a Jim? very nice thing. I don't know if I did. I was talking about no. Illinois, and I said, okay, a good win for Lovey Smith. I'm like, well, it's a win for Lovey Smith. Like, let me just calm down a little bit. It's, it was on their schedule, and kind of insinuating that Rutgers is not good. And I, and I apologize to the Rutgers alone. Well, apology accepted. I was in Champaign for the game yesterday, oh, were so you? I did see for myself. Oh, so you can oh, give yeah. us a report. And, and I was. <laughs> we played a decent first half. But, but then I, I kind of lost interest in the second. Yeah. Well, I, I t- I'll tell you this. I'm happy for Lovey, and I'm happy for Illinois that they're 5-4, yeah. and four, and they've kind of righted the ship here. And it took a while, but they have a program, and that's good for this region, isn't it? it it's absolutely good for this region. And I'll tell you that I, I love Josh Whitman, who's the athletic director up there. Um, I'd love, you know, the, the Illinois Missouri football game is, is on the schedule, back on the schedule for 26 through 29. You know, I'd love to see them pl- play that game here in the region. Um, I can tell you that the, the athletic staff at Champaign is really pumped, even though they were just beating Rutgers uh, to go along with your storyline. But, but there's enthusiasm up there. They really want Lovey to succeed. Um, the stadium's great. It wasn't very full yesterday, but it's nice that that program is coming on. Yeah, I agree. That seems so far away, 2026 20, to 29. You know what's not far away? It'll be here before you know it. I know. You know what's not far away? 2022. The Musial Awards. Yes. The, the Musial Awards. Right. Uh, you know what's not far away? 2022, <laughs> they're going to be playing an MLS soccer game in a little over two years, and right now it's a – a highway on and off ramp so that there is a lot of work yeah. to be done, but how exciting to think that in two years, you're going to have a venue just to the West of where we're sitting here at KMOX. That's pretty awesome. That is 
super exciting. And I can tell you that our office is on the corner of 21st and Olive. So I ought to be able to see those games from my desk. That's so right. I'm really excited. That is great. And I know the fa- that's one of the first things that I said the morning after Ben Fredrickson's story uh, came out in the Post-Dispatch is I, I said, you know, the Schlafly Taproom's got to be just elated right now. That's amazing. You can just walk right out. But think about all of the businesses that have their wheels turning right now trying to line up right outside that stadium. What an exciting thing for the city. Exactly. And and thanks to people, you know, like certainly the Taylors and, and Jim Cavanaugh, and then also people like Bob O'Loughlin, you know, who is, um, you know, developing, redeveloping Union Station, you know, the Ferris wheel and the aquarium. You can play miniature golf over there now. And what a thrill it would be, um, you know, to see downtown West kind of come back and and, uh, uh, get a little bit more momentum. We're seeing sports momentum in this community, and and it'll be great to have more energy and enthusiasm and and, uh, business downtown. When you see the complex that has been laid out and these plans that we continue to have renderings, you can see them on camox.com if you'd like, and MLS for the Lou has all of them on their site. But what do you envision, Frank? What do you see from a sports standpoint for that area and for St. Louis? Well, you know, I, I think you're seeing, you're going to see critical mass, okay? And, and you're going to see facilities that feed off of each other. It's not this magical development, but, but it's Enterprise Center and, and the, the fully developed Union Station and this MLS complex, which isn't just a stadium, but a you know recreational and practice facility that's going to draw people on a regular basis. It's going to be opportunities for the sports commission to go out and bid for events like the NCAA College Cup for men or for women. Why shouldn't we have a soccer championship, college soccer championship in St. Louis every year? It, it connects to the NGA development just north on Jefferson. And, and critical mass is like this sort of magic thing that we really don't have enough of in St. Louis. And, and it'll put us in a, in a whole different position in terms of being able to bring business to the community of all kinds. I ran a poll on Twitter uh, about what we should rename downtown West. Taylor? Taylorville or Taylortown and Taylortown won, I think drawing 47% of the vote, but you know, enterprise center. (laughs) Yeah. Enterprise center has tailors all over it. And what an incredible amount of improvement already to that building, a chance to draw even more events. Yeah. We we were at the game, uh, the blues game on Friday evening and, uh, uh, it was my first Blues game of the season. Uh, I wish I'd been to more, but but w- what a good looking uh, facility that is now. The uh, it, it just it's, it's comfortable. It it's fan friendly. Um, you know, I mean, it it literally looks like a, a new building, and and I'd say it's money well spent because it will give us the opportunity uh, to bring more business and more events, new events to the community. And, and I'm really excited about the events that are coming to enterprise center, you know, just next year, we, we've got, you know, three home runs back to back to back with the, uh, uh, the NHL all-star game, the NCAA men's basketball tournament, first and second rounds. And, and then in June, the United States Olympic gymnastics trials. 
That's outstanding. What about the SEC? I know that the SEC tournament was there. They're going to be in Nashville for a long time. Does St. Louis have a chance at them down the road? Uh, it would have to be well down the road. Yeah. I think they're in Nashville. They're in Tampa one year, which which I believe is uh, twenty one, and and then I think they're in uh, in Nashville for for the next nine years. So um, it, it's going to be a while before that tournament comes back. But you know, we have some some news upcoming on the Missouri Valley Conference tournament. They're going to be announcing. Uh, uh, some news tomorrow about their uh, future at Enterprise Center, and, and we should never overlook the Valley. You know that's that's good tournament basketball, and it's coming up on 30 years that they've been uh, having that tournament here in St. Louis downtown. Absolutely right. I'll be at that press conference tomorrow at one o'clock. Can't wait to hear what's said there. Frank Viverito, the president of the St. Louis Sports Commission, is with us. I also will be at the Musial Awards, which is November 23rd. It is a Saturday night at Stiefel Theater. It is a, an event that has come a long way. And it was great from the beginning when we did it as the National Sportsmanship Awards, Frank. But what an amazing event that, yep. has, been, that has grown through the years thanks to the efforts of you and Mark Schreiber and Mike Bush, the MC who goes out and does the stories, and so many people that have made this into now a nationally televised event on CBS. What an effort. Yes. Um, it, it's you know, it's it's my favorite night of the year, my favorite event of the year. Uh, this year, it will be uh, uh, produced for national television. It will air on Saturday afternoon, December twenty first at one o'clock St. Louis time uh, on CBS. Uh, I'm like ecstatic to tell you that the the show is already a virtual sellout. We have uh, you know we have a handful of tickets that are still on the on the system and and they're very popularly priced between 10 and 35 dollars um i've seen a couple of the videos that we're going to be showing uh i spent uh, one day last week in uh, norman oklahoma at the bart connor and nadia komenich's uh, gym down there there are lifetime uh, achievement honorees in sportsmanship and what a delightful couple they are what how appreciative and and excited they are about coming to st louis i, I can tell you that um you know this is going to be as good a show as we've ever produced the stories are wonderful uh, we have a few surprises uh, in store, and I literally can't wait until November 23rd. No, it's going to be awesome. November 23rd, Stiefel Theater. I'll be there. The Musial Awards. Can't wait for that. It's an exciting time. And really, you know, you think about what there's one other thing that I wanted to bring up to you is that there is going to be football in St. Louis. You know, football at the Dome, yes. the St. Louis Battlehawks are playing, and that will start to get a little more momentum. I told this story to Kurt Hunziker, their president, but I drove by there, uh, it was a couple months ago, we were driving Erica downtown, we took her to the Four Seasons to celebrate a little birthday. Yeah, that's how we do it. I, mean, I asked Erica, where, oh, do you yeah. want, where do you want to have your birthday? She goes, somewhere outside. She goes, you know, like that place at the Four Seasons? I'm like, sure, honey, whatever you want for your 13th birthday. So we, we drive. She, she knows. She knows who to, who to talk to, right? So, yeah. so she got me hooked. So we, we're driving by the Dome, and I said, hey, kids, there's going to be a football team playing there starting in February, and they're called the St. Louis Battlehawks. They are our football team. And they said, we have a football team? 
And I said, yeah, I go, it's the XFL. It's not the NFL. It's, it's a league maybe just below that, but it's the XFL and it'll be fun. And there are some games there and, and you know, it's, I wanted to make sure they understood it wasn't the NFL. And they, the both girls said, we have a football team. Like they, they didn't care what league it was. They just want to go see some football. I mean, I think that's nice for the, the kids in this area. Don't you think? Yeah, I, I absolutely think so. Uh, Kurt Hunziker is, is going to speak at our uh, board meeting, sports commission board meeting um, this Wednesday. He, he is working really hard. Uh, he is really enthusiastic you know, I hope the the league can succeed, um, but it will be exciting to have a football product back in the market. And and then you know, as you talk about sports momentum, don't overlook um, the Ascension Charity Classic, the PGA Champions Tour. You know, coming to Norwood Hills, and it, it, it's so exciting to me to see sports development kind of everywhere: the Dome, North County downtown West, Taylortown, <laughs> you name it. It, it. It's nice that this community is on a sports upswing right now. I'm with you. You know, right down the middle there from Chaffetz Arena, and Travis Ford's going to be with us at 11.05. His team goes to the Atlantic 10 tournament and wins it and goes to the NCAA tournament last year, all the way up to Curtis Francois and Chris Blair's awesome venue, Worldwide Technology Raceway Gateway, five minutes from the arch. You got a lot. There are not a lot of cities. You've been to all of them, Frank. How many cities have, have. this many venues? Bush Stadium, Enterprise Center, Chaffetz, the Dome, the racetrack, all in a tight little area like that. We have a fabulous package. If if there's one thing it can use is some, some an MLS stadium. You know our our. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we can use an MLS stadium. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll take we care of that. Connect all. Yeah, we need to con- connect all of these, uh, you know, all of these great features of downtown, you know, sprinkle in a little bit more uh, retail and, and nightlife. And, and we will be competitive, you know, with the best of the cities. You go to Nashville, you go to Indianapolis, you go to Minneapolis and Pittsburgh, and you see a lot of work is being done in those places, too. And, and, and we have to understand I think I'm an AT&T commercial now that yeah. just okay is not okay. Right. We need to do what, you know, we we need to really get going, and we are. Yeah, we need the wow factor. You know, we need people to come into St. Louis and say, wow, I mean, they've really done some work here. This place looks amazing. St. Louis is back kind of thing. Also, we need, you know, we need, last thing with Frank Vivarito. You're You're good at this too. You and Mark are really good at this. We need a, a music city. We need a name. Yeah. We need something to throw out there. And I know that you all work on that tirelessly. But that that to me is, is huge for us. We we do. We we, we do. And uh uh you know it's a um you, you you want to tell a great story and you know the STL made uh project is, is out there now and, and there's a um um, there's a concerted effort on the part of all of us who are out there promoting this region to, you know, pull together at least under that banner and and to 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 have our events like the Musial Awards reflect back on St. Louis, show it in a positive light, tell that story of of development and energy and and excitement, and uh, and we can do it. 
We can. Well, hopefully we got a few wheels turning out there as people enjoy their coffee on this Sunday morning on Sports on a Sunday Morning with Frank Viverito. This is basically what Frank and I talk about at lunch. We just put it on the air. That's all we do. All the time. That's exact <laughs> that's exactly right. And and thank you for that, Tom. It's great to spend time with you. Great having you back on Sports on a Sunday morning. Thanks for the visit. I love it. I love it. Thanks. Thanks. There's the president of the St. Louis Sports Commission, Frank Viverito, always a great supporter of KMOX, and of course, the St. Louis sports scene. They are great what they do over there. We'll take a break. Another big fan of St. Louis is the St. Louis native Dan O'Neill. He is with us. We're going to talk some baseball with him. What are the Cardinals going to do this offseason? How aggressive will they be? We'll discuss with Dano, and he has an event coming up you're going to want to hear about. That's on the way. Sports on a Sunday morning, it's 1040. Welcome back to the Munkadass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munkadass pre-owned on South Limburg on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Sports on a Sunday morning continues. Great chat with Frank Viverito of the St. Louis Sports Commission. And now we turn things over to another man I love talking to, and that's Dan O'Neill, former Post-Dispatch columnist and author, is working on another great project with the St. Louis Cardinals legends. How are you, Dan? I'm good, Tom. Thanks for having me. It's always great to have you. Well, let's talk, first of all, about I want to get, before we discuss your great event, which is coming up, and it's going to be Wednesday on, uh, let's see, 7 o'clock on Wednesday night at the Grandel Theater. Uh, And that is going to be really exciting with some great legends of the game. But I want to get your initial thoughts about the Cardinals, what they accomplished. Do you believe that getting to the NLCS, even though they were swept by the world champion Nationals, do you see that as a successful 2019 campaign? And what must they do to be better? Well, you know what, Tom? I'll sort of compare it to uh, the Blues, and and uh, in one way, sure, it was successful. The Cardinals uh, rebounded in the second half. They they had a pretty disappointing first half. Were able to rebound because their pitching came around, especially Dakota Hudson and uh, Jack Flaherty, and uh, finished the season strongly and got it into the postseason. On the other hand. And this is where I compare it to the Blues. I mean, people for years have been disappointed in the Blues that they didn't go deep into the playoffs. So in today's age, uh, today's sports world, uh, uh, several teams get into the playoffs. I mean, you you don't have to be one of the best teams to get into the playoffs. The Cardinals, I think, would have finished, you know, fourth or fifth in, in the old setup in the National League. So... They did get to the postseason, and given their first half uh, disappointment, I think that was an accomplishment. Uh, but I think if people in St. Louis are used to, or uh, at least uh, more hopeful that that they're going to go a little deeper than the first round. Yeah, I, th- I think that's well stated. I think you know the you want expectations to be high around here. This is St. Louis. I mean, the Cardinals have won eleven World Championships. I think you set sail every year, hoping that you come back with the trophy. And when you don't get it. You sort of review and see what they could have done to be better. I really did feel like it in spring training last year that this team had a chance to be a contender in the National League with the big boys. And they win the division. That's good. The Cubs, the Brewers, the Dodgers, the Braves, the Phillies were all watching you on TV. That's good. 
But you also now have to figure out in 2020, how do you muscle up against those five? Because they're going to be right back in it. They'll come roaring back, won't they, to try to knock this team off? Yeah, and to be fair, uh, you know, they ran into the, I said first round, they went to the second round. But to be fair, they ran into a Washington Nationals team that was the best team in baseball over the last 100 games or so. So uh, on, on one hand, you know, they lost to the best. Uh, on the other hand, I just I think they were, uh, you know, a team with flaws, um, and and they need to fix those flaws, you know, if they're going to go uh, to a World Series. What do you see as their number one priority, Dan? Well, if it were me, and it's not, <laughs> of course, uh, I'd blow up their outfield. I mean, I I don't know how you, you can't go into next season with. Uh, you know, with with a poor defensive player in right, a poor defensive player in left, and and a two oh six hitting center fielder in between them. I mean, uh, to me, you you have to fix that. Um, it's going to be hard to fix it uh, because they their contractual commitments and things like that. But uh, I would want to give their younger outfielder. They appear to have some depth. You know, young outfielders who are promising outfielders. Um, I'd be more inclined to give those those players a look and move on from uh, Marcelo Zuna. I, I, I just I, I love Harrison Bader's defense, but you just can't hit 200 and play regularly in center field. So they're going to have to figure that out. Um, so that that would be my start. Um, and, and then from there, of course, you know their, their bullpen needs help. But I don't think they're they're that far removed. I, I mean, from year to year, time you never know how things develop, and they still have some good pieces in place. Uh, they just need uh, to make some moves and then have everything uh, come together. Yeah, I, I like their rotation, but I do think they need a starter, and I'd like to see how they uh, how they deal with that. Of course, they need to know if Adam Wainwright's coming back or not. Also, but you're right about that outfield. They have some good young outfielders coming or have already played. Dylan Carlson is on the way eventually, not to, right. to put too much on him, but he's on the way eventually. Randy Arozarena, Lane Thomas, Tyler O'Neill. Uh, you know, you mentioned Harrison Bader and and all the things that uh, he's able to do out there. Uh, they have some good ones that uh, have an opportunity to do something special. So we'll see. Uh, I wanted to get into your event that's coming up at the Grand El Theater on Wednesday. This is November 3rd, and you have an event on Wednesday night that's going to feature Whitey Herzog and Andy Van Slyke and Rick Horton and Tom Lawless telling stories from the Cardinals days. You're going to MC it. That sounds like a lot of fun. It's your new book called Celebration, The Magic of the Cardinals in the 1980s. Tell us about this event. Well, it's going to be fun. I think people are really going to enjoy it. I, I put together a presentation uh, to go with the book, uh, kind of give people a, a taste of what the book's about. Uh, but it takes a, a look at the '80s, takes takes you from uh, 1980 through the uh, into 1990 when Whitey Herzog resigned, and uh, there'll be pictures, pictures that are in the book, and then lots of video highlights. And I'll do that presentation. And then we'll go from that uh, after I've jogged everybody's memory about what took place in 1980. Then we're going to have those four guys who you mentioned up on stage, and we'll have a roundtable discussion. And uh, I'll I'll probably kind of let those guys handle. You know, Ricky Horton is a polished broadcaster. 
and uh, we'll we'll just hash it over, hash over the things uh, that happened in the '80s, things we just saw on on uh, on the big screen, and um, it'll be great. You know, you've been to the Grand Dallas; it's just a great little theater, very intimate atmosphere. They have a bar and they have food there, and uh, people want to get there a little early. They can, you know, uh, take take part in that. And then uh, I just think it's going to be a lot of fun. Everywhere I've done this presentation, it's gotten uh, very good uh, reception from people. They really enjoy it. And to have those four guys up up there to talk about it, I mean, I, I've, I'm going to be intimidated doing the presentation time because right when I'm done, I'm bringing four guys up who know a heck of a lot more about it than I do. So it should be fun. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Here, take a listen to this. An exciting moment at Bush Stadium, the pitch. Swing, a half swing. The ball back to Cox. Out at first. That's the winner. The Cardinals have won the Eastern Division crown. That was in 1987 when they won the NL East. You know, think about that. In 82, 85, and 87, the Cardinals won the pennant, and they won the World Series in 82, could very well have won it in 85, had a call not gone their way. That was a great, great Cardinals team. The 87 team right there always interests me. 82 and 85 get so much attention. That 87 team was darn good, wasn't it? Well, it's funny, too, you know, because – the 87 team, of course, 87 was the first time in history that the home team won every game in the World Series. <laughs> so the Cardinals had the misfortune of uh, not having the home home advantage in that series, and they, of course, lost all four games in Minnesota where, where the character of the games was entirely different than what they were here when the Cardinals won all three games in St. Louis. And then, of course, uh, just a couple weeks ago, we had just the opposite happen. We had uh, a World Series where the road team won every game in the series. But, uh, yeah, the 87 team, of course, had, like most of Whitey's teams, uh, were just terrific defensively. Um, and, and they got a couple of bad breaks when they when they went into the 87 series. I mean, you know, the Cardinals are playing without their, their big hammer, Jack Clark, who got hurt late in the season. And then Terry Pendleton got hurt and the NLCS and was only able to uh, play when he could bat left-handed, which is why we wound up with that memorable uh, home run by Tom Wallace off of Frank Viola in, uh, in game four. But uh, Greatest bat flip in history. Know, yep. Right, yeah, greatest bat. You know, it's kind of funny, too, Tom, that uh, you know that season, Lawless only batted 25 more times than you and I did in the, <laughs> in the major leagues. And he batted 080 because, yeah. as you remember, he, he was Whitey's Swiss Army knife. And so he would be the last guy off the bench because Whitey could play him anywhere. And uh, so he only batted 25 times during the season. And then he comes up and hits that home run and does the famous bat flip. But he, he uh, that was only his second home run in the big leagues. But he had had a season uh, in AAA ball where he hit 13 home runs. You'll so have he to, did know how to, as we found out, he did know how to do the bat flip. You'll have to be there, folks, to let Lawless tell that story, the inside of, of all of that. And Whitey Herzog sitting there, he's a must-listen, of course. Andy Van Slyke, Rick Horton, and Dan O'Neill, who will have an audiovisual presentation as well as discussions with the celebration and evening with Whitey Herzog and the Cardinals at the Grandel Theater this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Tickets are 30 bucks for regular seating, 65 for premium seating at metrotix.com. Dan O'Neill, we appreciate it. Thank you very much for the visit. 
Hey, Tom, hoping you can make it, buddy. Thank I hope, you. I'm hoping to make it. I really appreciate the visit very much on Sports on a Sunday Morning. Quick timeout. We'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday Morning. Munganass St. Louis Honda on South Limburg on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Travis Ford, a Blues update, Mizzou basketball, and MLS stadium plans next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 